Hello. Good morning, Captain. Ha-ha! <laughs> ha! It's you! There's that, guy. There's that guy! It's been too long, it feels hey. like. Yeah, well, there, we had it's a big American long. holiday there. It has been a while. Oh, man. Yeah. I am pretty proud of myself. Did you get everything you wanted for Thanksgiving? Did you yeah, open all yes. your Thanksgiving presents? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also started buying jarred gravy just as a backup. Cause when, no. You, oh, my God. Tell me more because okay. yeah, I have I will, a lot of thoughts sure. on this. Well, here's the problem. So Monday... We did kind of practice Thanksgiving. We like to have, uh, you know, we have theme nights, theme dining nights. And one of ours is, uh, you know, kind of like a practice Thanksgiving. Fun fun Thanksgiving when it's not Thanksgiving. I like this. Yeah. So last week, early last week, before the the Day of Turkeys, we had, uh, you know, our own little private three-person. My wife made a really nice, you know, Thanksgiving-ish dinner just for the family. And it was really good. And there were lots of leftovers. But alas, even though we had a quart of human gravy, (laughs) we blew through it all. And then when it came time for leftovers, I got no gravy. And what's the point? Right. I mean, nothing against my wife, but, you know, the the gravy was so dang good. And I realized... It's not her fault. We all know it. It's not her fault. She did what was, you know, what she's meant to do, which is she made us Thanksgiving. And we had gravy, a quart of gravy. And the precious, precious gravy... Is there's never enough gravy, Merlin? John, there's never want, enough not, gravy. If you doubled the gravy, it wouldn't be enough gravy. You need backup sauce. Mm-hmm. So and that's what I started doing. I keep a jar of gravy around just in mm-hmm. case I need to douse. Uh, but you know, you got homemade stuffing and whatnot. You know, yeah. and and with the stuffing, especially stuffing's good, but it's it's born for gravy. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Not that we've, good. <laughs> we've talked about sauces here, have we not? We have. Uh, let me ask. Uh, let me. Yes. I, you know, I've 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 been chasing the perfect turkey gravy, yeah. and the perfect beef gravy, and the perfect cream gravy. I've been chasing these gravies across the universe. Yeah, I pools mean, like if, sorrow, if I get, literal the, pools of sorrow. Yeah, possessing and caressing you. Yeah, very few waves of joy, <laughs> as I have searched for. All these gravies, and so I buy the jars. I buy. I got. I get the little canisters. I go. I get the pods. I get. I use astronaut gravy. Gravy pods. I have, <laughs> well, I have, the great bluesmen. <laughs> I've never. I, I've never <laughs> found. He always. He always played sitting in a chair. His name was I've Robert ne- <laughs> Gravy Pods. I've never found a gravy that didn't have a little bit of industrial processing taste it's such a oh the, t- the texture can be super wrong my daughter is addicted to a, a thing that a lot of youngsters like addicted now yeah. got her on coffee and that's is she good. on squeak is she well we're both now we're both on iced coffee and boy was that ever a mistake as i said iced in our text coffee oh. iced coffee's the devil it's Don't do that oh my god i okay so anyway i'm really deep in the stack here but anyhow she she gets something called boba boba tea Oh yeah, and she gets a kind of tea. She goes to and uh, you know you go in the hood. There's a lot of boba tea. There is, and I'd never had it before. I can there tell are. I don't want it. It's got balls. And no, you don't. I don't want, want sucking balls for fun. No, there's nothing about it you want. Nothing, I'm not judging. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm not judging people who suck balls. But but we went and and she got her got her tea and she got the boba with the uh, like she she. It's weird to hear her order a drink like an adult. 
Yeah, my fortune that you've she never goes, heard of before. <laughs> I know she goes in and she says all this this flippity jibbity, yeah. you know, Greedo two talk. Sco- two scoops of protein powder and a. <laughs> she goes, back eighty-one percent sugar, Han Solo. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? She goes, you want to try it? And I said, I don't. And she said, you should try it. And now I know, for example, because I, I saw a really good YouTube video about uh, supply chain problems. Oh yeah, and the and boba. In particular, which it looks like turns out was a little bit ginned up, but the point is boba. It's basically like bread balls. It's yeah. and so I had yeah. a sip of her. Pudding. Oh, I had a, I had a sip of her noxious drink, and it had all the performance characteristics of shit gravy. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> was lumpy and it was. But it's got you go like this. And you're like, mm, mm. it's it's like somebody didn't fully blend the flour in this. Yeah. It tasted like milk flour. Yeah. Which I do not prefer, and that's a bad gravy. A shit gravy yeah. often has that uh, poor viscosity to it, right? That's that's part of the industrial feel. Do you feel like it also might be like dioxin or something? Mm, it just I I taste the container. I feel like I feel uh. like gravy. Gravy is a is is such a delicate flour that as it moves through a processing plant, it takes on a little bit of the flavor of every machine it touches. So I, I just feel a little, I just taste a little engine oil. I mm-hmm. taste like, I taste some gear, uh, like it's, it's fluffing off or shuffling off. Little oh, bits like outgassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's outgassing. Mm-hmm. So right now in the cupboard, I have two little boxes of some turkey gravy. I found at Trader Joe's and sometimes mm. you can trust Trader Joe's. Does it have Joe's. a cute name? I don't know that I don't. Mm, no, I don't think so. I think this is sometimes. One of those sometimes things. Trader Joe's likes to give their foods a just slightly casually racist name. I don't know? think they do that anymore. I think they have a panel now. Uh, they have oh, they got rid of the Trader panel. Jose's. Yeah, I think they. Somebody said no, no, uh-huh. no more. But uh, at our Thanksgiving, uh, which was at my daughter's mother's parents' house Oof. in Bellingham, Washington. Okay. Sorry. Uh, they made a uh, they made a full spread, beautiful, beautiful spread, and um, and you know, and I'm not invited to help because it's all, everybody's got a job, and my job. You got to be careful. You've got to be careful thing. in those situations. You can offer to cut things, but you got to you know you mean like prep, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But you got to mm-hmm. be so careful about not stepping on the chef's toes. The first time I ever met my daughter's mother's. Mother? Stepfather. Mm, oh who boy. is not a stepfather because he actually legally adopted her when she was a little girl. So father. Cool. Mm-hmm. And he plays a very large role in the family. He's a he's a towering person. Um, but the first time I ever met him, he came down. It was her 25th birthday party or something like that. And, and the, it was a gathering at Josh Rosenfeld's house. And her father came down and he brought five... Uh, containers of ice cream from this Belling, famous Bellingham ice cream parlor called the the Rusty Mallard or the you know mm-hmm. the Duck Larange or something. It's some kind of yeah. place that everybody in Bellingham swears is the best ice cream they ever had. The 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 Sword and Regression, like a, like yeah. a terrible pub name, right? But but it's old. It's like a old. Oh, it's, okay. it's older. It's like it, it's, like legacy ice cream. It's know? an an 80s innovation. All right, and um. But it was one of the first – they all think it's the best ice cream because it was one of the first places that ever had ice cream that wasn't just chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. You know, it's like 31 flavors except hippie. And he brings five things of ice cream and and then he has all of these, you know, 
all of these rock musicians that have come to celebrate her birthday that are in their late 20s and 30s, some of whom have been on national television. Yes. He has us all line up at the kitchen bar one at a time with our ice cream bowls, and he's going to dish out the ice cream. <laughs> the foodie break. <laughs> and so we're like, okay, all right. Uh-huh. You know, there's like, you know. There's <laughs> Concert like, from Boss <laughs> There's like big, big rock stars here. And, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and her dad is going to dish out the ice cream. That's Did he have fun. an apron? Was he wearing an apron? I think he might have been. Uh-huh. And so everybody comes up and he says, what, what two flavors do you want? And everybody, because it's Bellingham, everybody goes along and picks two flavors. And it gets up to me. And I you say, have something more subtle than vanilla? <laughs> I say, well, you brought five flavors down from Bellingham. They're sitting here on the counter melting. I would like a little bit of each one of the five flavors. Oh, hell yeah. I'm a, somebody that wants a little bit of everything. I you never try take everything. the same route twice. And he, and he looked at me and said, pick two. Ooh. And I was like, oh, it's on. And this is a long time before One does not simply walk into Bellingham. No. Okay. Uh, uh, my daughter's mother and I were not in any kind of relationship at the time. I was, sure. just a, I was just a friend of the family. And I was like, pick two, you say. And the whole pick two, I've encountered this other places. This isn't just a, it may be a Washington problem. I understand it in retail. When we go to our local, like our gelato place, uh, and you get this, you get a small with two scoops, and you can get two scoops of one flavor or mm-hmm. one scoop each of two flavors. You can get durian, which is gross. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was racist. You um, can get you can get all the kinds. And my kid, of course, always gets a chocolate and and a and a vanilla. But but what what is is it a test? Why only two, John? I don't, it seems I, like he's bringing you something something special, and your interest in that, it seems like something that would pique the chef. This is a variation uh, on uh, the, we can all agree on cheese, which is oh. just that someone in the process has an idea of how it's going to go, and when someone else comes along and says, I would like it a different way, it's not, it's not okay. It, it, it has... They had a plan, and this isn't part of the plan. And the thing is, I got two scoops, and then I ate them, and I came back, and I said, I'd like to try two more scoops. Uh, you know, like, cool. eventually, mm-hmm. I'm going to get all five flavors. <laughs> and it's not like he was like, oh, we're running out. You yeah. know, uh, you can only have two. It's just it's just Maybe it's like at a kid's a party where you you got to make sure everybody gets exactly the same I, size slice. You know, except everybody there was thirty, and there okay. were only there were only like eight people at this party. It's not like there were forty five people he's trying to serve. Mm. Anyway, Dri- driving ice cream back to Bellingham, you don't win anything. He and I have a long, long relationship. It's a very good relationship, a healthy relationship. He's wonderful yeah. with my daughter. But and and now now you know the uh, the the years ago uh, f- uh, pick two flavors of ice cream that story has just gone deep 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 into the archives nobody remembers it anymore it used to be it used to be at the we can all agree on cheese level mm-hmm. of legendary story about this guy and me and you know in, in a lot of those stories i can never tell whether this guy is actually me and the other guy is actually the me of this you know like it's like oh, I get do. a load of Get a load of this guy, and then mm-hmm. then you turn around and you're like, if you can't tell who this guy is, maybe it's you. If you can't tell who this guy at the table is, it's you. Yeah, and so maybe the thing is, it ends up that because I'm the storyteller, I get to say, get a load of this guy, because that yeah. this guy doesn't tell the story. Hmm. But maybe I'm the guy that the story's actually about. Okay, fair. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're up, and he is stirring the gravy. And he says, in a, what I consider to be a very generous gesture, 
you know, two dads standing in the kitchen. He's like, try this gravy. How's this doing? You know, give me your, give me your gravy nod. Gravy takes. And I, and he, and I tasted the gravy. It was delicious. And, but looking at it, I was like, that's not enough gravy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to say, we got to double this gravy somehow. And he, and the gravy was very thick. It was very uh, it was very piquant. It was it was salty. It had all the elements. All we needed to do was double it. Mm-hmm. And in a situation like that, I think you can. I think you once you've got the gravy going, I think you can double it. You can throw a stick of butter in there. You can throw some more. You can <laughs> you can go to the cupboard and get two things of Trader Joe's boxed mm-hmm. gravy. Yeah. Somehow you you can get ahead of this problem. But I didn't. I didn't have the power to do that. It wasn't my kitchen, and but, so. We, but in a situation like that, <clears throat> I mean, I don't want to overstate this for fun, but like, I'm nervous at that point. I was nervous Be- because, like, to me, and I, this is not a new idea, but for me, a lot of the main course dishes are at least there to be a vessel or vehicle for gravy mm-hmm. and do I put it on everything? You bet mm-hmm. your ass I do. Sure. Cover I mean everything I don't we're talking about turkey, turkey onion, green beans. We're mm-hmm. talking about smashed potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes. We're talking about smashed potatoes. We're talking about like obviously the the you know uh the Pilgrim Joe's turkey. All of the stuff including stuffing. It's going to all be covered in gravy and then I might put more gravy on. And like again, you don't get any awards for getting it. Exa- it's not a rally. Like you should, there should be a terrine of gravy, gravy boat, more like mm. a gravy tanker. So here's what I'm looking. I'm sitting at the. So my daughter has set up the the table. Yes. And she's got, um, she's got her granddad at one end, and then she's put me at the other end. So it's really it's built. It's built for this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. The the two, the two patriarchs. <laughs> And uh, it's like that scene in Brokeback Mountain. Hmm. And I'm, but the other, the, <laughs> probably not the scene I'm thinking of. Not the, the scene you're thinking of. Yeah, the other one. It's not a tent. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, uh, and and I'm looking at the very small amount of gravy, and I'm I'm conscious of the fact that these are Bellingham people, and they eat like birds already. Yeah. Like their their idea of what a portion is is this 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 probably healthy and appropriate sized portion. For a grown adult, but yes. it is not what I think. They're about. probably following like FDA guidance from a different decade. From My a, friend Dennis from, yeah, always used ago. to say, if you if you're trying to eat the right amount, you know, he he believed in that heuristic where you eat an amount of food that looks like a real world object. And for example, in the '90s, we were told when you're eating your your protein, especially if it's beef, it should be three ounces, which is about the size of a deck of cards. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend that and use a Las Vegas reference, gambling reference, blackjack reference here, which is, no, it should be more like a, like a shoe of cards. Give me six decks of cards. <laughs> I want the thing where I tuck in my napkin and then get a ribbon if I finish it, because yeah. I will finish it and I will get the ribbon. Yeah. Right? I, that, I, that kind of thing where you're like, oh, this seems like a good amount. And then you go, bloop, bloop. Like with a teaspoon, you put a little bit of gravy on it. Oh, yeah. it must be bad. Yeah. Think about, think about the times in your life when you have sat down at a restaurant or at something and someone's put a plate in front of you like, voila, and it is a, a piece of meat the size of a deck of cards. <laughs> like, think back. Because yeah, I know it's, it's called happened sushi. To you. Look it up. 
and you go. You give me like, a stake the size of a deck of cards, and we're gonna we're gonna throw hands. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you. I mean, that's I, I where want my full, if you give me even a fucking filet mignon, I want it to look like Richard Dreyfus's uh, tower, the Devil's yeah. Tower. I want it to be jokey sized. I want it to be like a sideways loaf of bread made of steer. The solution to this problem, of course, is slicing it very thin when you're eating it, so that you get you get as many bites. That sounds like an eating disorder, John. No, no, no. You see, you get as many bites as you would, and so you have as many flavor opportunities. Yeah, but it just you don't have the anyway. So I'm sitting at the table and I'm looking. I'm like, okay, I know for a fact that three, no, four. Of the seven people at this table eat like birds. Yeah. And so I'm looking at the gravy and I'm mentally measuring out the teaspoons of gravy that those four are going to use. That they Totally. Need. Who, who here is going to just – it's almost like some kind of like a, like a fucking John Carpenter movie. It's like yeah. the thing with gravy <laughs> where you're like, which, who will it be, right? But then I look at my daughter and she eats with gusto. Damn. <laughs> she eats with gusto. Damn, you bet. <laughs> she does. <laughs> nice pull. And I, and I look at her mother, and she eats like a normal person, you know, neither yes. like a bird nor with gusto. And so I'm looking at my plate, and I'm going, I'm going to need more gravy than anyone else here. And I <laughs> Do know. Do I say anything? But, but I know <laughs> that there's, uh, there's an optics <laughs> issue here. <laughs> Because some people are going to interpret that as you don't like my food. Well, no, the thing is, some what's going to happen, and it is what happened. I put a little gravy, a little gravy over here, some gravy on that, some gravy on that, some gravy on that. Feeling like Pee Wee Herman, like as a bit of gravy. As you know, everything needs it. And by the time I put my fifth little tiny little dribble of gravy on my fifth portion, I hear from the other end of the table, my daughter's mother's father says uh, uh be careful with that gravy there's not a ton to go around oh really that's my problem now yeah be careful oh, with fuck. be careful with that gravy you know don't use too much of that gravy i'm glad your relationship with this gentleman is strong yeah it's strong but i'm but you know but i knew it was coming and i knew it was a, i knew that the issue was this there's not enough gravy and I need more than everybody else because I have more. I have more. I am more. I have more. But I also, you know, and this is, oh, wait. You should get I an should, apportionment based upon, I don't want to say BMI because that's bullshit. Just based on need, right? Well, but it, here, yeah. here let, me, let me just say. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Knowing that this was an optics problem, I let the gravy go around the table already. I was like, no, 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 I'm not going to, I'm going to be the last to yep. take gravy. So everybody is sitting in front of their plate already. It's all they've already got all the gravy they want, mm -hmm. and I'm telling you, the the eat like birds crowd is not going to have seconds. <laughs> but the gravy cop has his eye on you. <laughs> he does. He does because he knows the gravy is a precious commodity too. Uh -huh. It's just that he was the one that was in a situation where he could have doubled that gravy, and then we wouldn't be sitting too late now. And I think part of it, part of the reason he didn't, was because he wanted to sit at the end of the table and go, "Hey, um, hey." Can you, uh, you got to be careful, you know, as though I get this a lot. I get, I got an email from a very good friend, uh, uh the, this morning that, mm -hmm. you know, was, was just sort of telling me stuff that we both know. I already know. Mm, you got, and, you got an, as you know, Bob. Yeah. But, it, but, but, but always phrased in a kind of like, you know, like, well, let me, you know, let me push back a little bit or whatever. Like, uh, the, 
the uh, this is a situation where I'm a 53 year old and I know how much gravy there is. I know uh-huh. how much gravy everybody, you know, like I'm seven steps ahead of him, but um, but he still's got he can't he can't not say it. And so at the <sighs> end of the meal, there was everything except gravy. There was no gravy left, and I was not in a position even to go into the gravy terrine and try and sop up uh-huh. the left because that is a bad optic. You don't want to be sitting there eating out of the terrine. What kind of monster are you? That's I'll rustic. It's kind I'll of rustic. What kind of monster yeah. I am? Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> monster if, who's not going to leave a dram of fucking gravy. If I headed out, if 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 so, if, a, a, if the if the apocalypse happened today. Mm-hmm. And I was here in the house, and I had 20 minutes to put together a, a, a like, the costume I was going to live the rest of my life in, right. the boots and the belts and the knives and the stuff that I was going to go out the door and just keep going, <clears throat> never look back. Yeah. I would take that boxed gravy and I would add it to my Chewbacca bond- bandolier. <laughs> You know, I would have some shotgun shells. I'd have a, I'd have a Leatherman tool, and I'd have two boxes of gravy because they were the last two boxes I don't care of what gravy. What it on smells Earth. like getting that terrine. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Truebill. You can learn more about Truebill right now by visiting truebill.com/supertrain. Hey, how many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars long after forgetting to cancel? Well. You can fight back against scammy subscriptions with Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, that you don't want, or let's be honest, that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's a lot of money. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Once again, it's a lot of money. Like uh, they have a user named Matthew B. who says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill. I saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill. And I saved uh, $840 a year on car insurance, unquote. Wow, it's a lot of money, Matthew B. So listen, friends, don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Supertrain. You go right now, Truebill.com slash Supertrain. It could save you thousands of dollars a year. Say it thrice and it's almost like praying. Truebill.com slash Supertrain. Our thanks to Truebill for supporting Roderick on the Line. And all the great shows. <laughs> happy, happy life day. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, yes. All right. And, and were you scrutinized? Oh, were you well, scrutinized you know. for your gravy desires? Because a lot of times, I mean, first, okay, listen, no offense to your daughter's mother's father chef, mm-hmm. but... Um, I, I would be happy if people enjoyed my food. And uh, again, sorry, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to say anything that's offensive. I hope he's not a listener. Well, no. actually, I do. We could use the help. But, <laughs> but I, uh, if I'm being honest, like I can't imagine myself, because John, again, we're so deep in the stack. I, I never want to give anyone 
anything that encourages disordered eating. And because I'm so anxious about that, I think I may actually be making it worse. But mm. like I never, I try to never remark on somebody's food, how they eat it, whether they eat it. Mm -hmm. It's too stressful. I've seen too many family relationships go to shit because all the things they're scared to say about how they dislike and are disappointed by each other gets all happens at the dinner table mm -hmm. and you see issues of control and you know get in here and oh no the milk's got to be in a pet pitcher and like all this i have to go back and heat it up and like there's just all this stuff where the all the emotional tumult of a nuclear family gets played out in room in how people eat i would never say to somebody you ate too much of my gravy mm. i'm not a gravy cop Mm. But but I mean, I, 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 a lot of people would take that as a compliment. My sister in law, who makes makes real Thanksgiving that we went to on on Thursday, she's you know she's a chef. She's she's yeah. owned a catering company. She's like she's incredibly gifted as a chef, and like she's thrilled. Like she's thrilled when people are standing around in the kitchen eating her fucking food. She mm. loves it. Mm -hmm. She would never say to somebody. In fact, she's the opposite. She's don't forget the sauce person. Have you ever been around? Mm. Don't forget the sauce again. No. I don't. Oh, I don't like being told how to. I, I don't, John. I don't like having food explained to me. Mm. I no. It's it's not it's not my first time dining here. But if it were, I don't want you to explain what tapas means. Please don't. And please don't tell me how to how to deploy the gravy. Oh, I know dear. how to gravy. I gravy good. Sure you know you what do. I mean? I don't like any of that. But like I, that makes me so, it makes me uncomfortable hearing this because first of all I'm sad that you didn't get the gravy you require, well, but I also I'm, I'm, I mean were you the only one singled out for eating wrong? Oh no no he wasn't singling me out for all eating right, wrong. All right. no, it no, just no, makes no. me uncomfortable, that's, John. That's, I don't no, like it. I don't want to give anybody disordered eating. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't think that you can give someone disordered eating, but the maybe you can, I'm, certainly you can create in the same <clears> way that you can. When you want to change your team, you have to create the circumstances for better culture. If you want a happier, better family, uh, you know, uh, you have to create the conditions for that. I just don't want to create the conditions for someone's eating to become disordered. Sorry, mm. by the way, content. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I feel like if you're dealing with people at your dinner table that are older than eight years old, you can rest assured that their eating issues are going to be their responsibility. But isn't that like saying, is your hair supposed <clears throat> to look like that? Yeah, but that's um, but that's like uh, I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> Did it's, you really want to get that much? If you, if Did you, you really say want, that, are you going to eat all that? <laughs> if you say that and they're you hurt your by feelings, it, honey, <laughs> and you're and you you feel like an asshole, or uh -huh. they you don't sweat much for a fat girl, or or, or it hurts their feelings or whatever. It's all yes. it's all your responsibility and their responsibility for their own thing, right? Like you yeah. did not create their problem. You are being you and you're an asshole, but that's not the same as like you sending them out the door to go commit suicide. Ooh. Content like, like, uh, I was at a restaurant. This, this is a traumatic experience for me actually. Yeah. And it's, and remains one. Oh no. I was at a restaurant here in the neighborhood when we first moved to the neighborhood, a restaurant, and I'm just going to come right out and okay. say the name of the restaurant, Shelley's, okay. which Ooh. is one of these diners that's only open until three in the afternoon type of thing, you know, and it's, and it had the look of like a beloved local institution. Is Just it one a, of those sort of like where people go after church kind of things? Yeah. It really has that. You know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It feels like a diner that's been there forever and <clears throat> everybody in the neighborhood loves Shelly's and they, that's where you go to get your <clears throat> waffles or, you know, it's the only place in the whole neighborhood that you can find a breakfast, just like a normal mm -hmm. American breakfast. Just give me breakfast. a normal goddamn breakfast. Yeah. Right. 
And so it was very early on in our time down here in the south suburbs. And we went in and we had a we had our family and it had and it had this it had that feeling of like this is our new place. Mm-hmm. Like maybe every Sunday we go to Shelley's and we get a breakfast and how exciting. And there's, mm-hmm. you know, there are drawings on the walls that kids have done in crayon. It just feels like, oh, we're home at Shelley's. Yeah, that, that, that's the kind of places we would go when I was a kid. That's a nice yep. feeling. Yeah. So we're sitting at the big <clears throat> table and, uh, and the, the server comes over. She's a, m- a woman in her late 50s early 60s and she's a little harried she's a little bit <clears throat> you know she's business breakfast is a tough gig john yeah. as a waiter who did breakfast in a tourist oh, it's cafe a tough gig. it's coffee refills germans like the oh, whole thing's a mess i know and the thing about and my feeling about that is that you know that us that a server has a, has a multitude of jobs and i know that there every server has a story as long as your arm yes um but uh, it's also a job, and it isn't like yes. And so you can do it well, or you can do it poorly. Really, like any job, mm-hmm. and all of the extenuating circumstances and the seven thousand things that are making you a lame server are still not a good excuse for being a lame server. Just like being a lame anybody. Well, like, I mean, no- like if you don't want to follow the law, don't become a cop. Right, and if you don't want to, you know, like I know we all have to have jobs. Everybody has to have a job, and True. one of the things about doing a job we, we is should do that. We should if do it's that. public facing, if it's a yes. job where you interact with people and you don't like people and you don't like your job, <clears throat> I mean, Say don't, be, sister. don't totally. be surprised I'm, that I'm no, not excited right. about your the job performance. I know. Anyway, so she's going around. She's not doing a bad job. She's taking everybody's order. You, she's obviously a competent server in the sense that she's getting all the. She's not doing that that hipster thing where she sits and takes forty people's breakfast order and doesn't write it down. Uh, or you're like, come on, come on, everybody's at this, this table's down. got a special need. You've got to write this down. Right. Nope, she's writing it down. She's doing it. She's doing a hell of a job. And she comes to my daughter, <clears throat> and at this point in my daughter's life, she's six, seven years old, and she's, you know, she's up until that point had, had been a a little kid that kind of ate everything and now she's not eating everything anymore. Now she's not eating anything. And now she's realized that there are certain times of the day when you can legitimately just get a sugar bun and, and depending on who's there with you, you know, you can, you can go an entire day and just eat like four sugar buns. If you play your cards, right. You know, like, if, if you have grandma give you a sugar bun and then you have daddy give you a sugar bun and, and nobody – it's like going to five different pharmacists to get your anxiety medication and none of them Ugh. know that, that someone else is also giving you uh, right, right, right. diazepam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she says, I want, you know, a, I want a sugar breakfast. <laughs> and I said <laughs> <laughs> I want a sugar breakfast. I love the candor of that. It's like a way like we'd be making we making uh food in the kitchen when my daughter was really little and there'd be butter in the thing and open she'd come in and say, Can I have some butter? And we say, You can have a little and she'd say, I want a little and a lot. I want a little and a lot. <laughs> and I do. I do I totally understand. Exactly. Yeah. I want a and little, so, but then I want a lot. Yeah. One of the things about having a child is like you know that you're gonna feed the child mostly Bread, sugar, and cheese. Yeah, if, yeah, if and uh, I mean pasta, wheat via pasta. Yeah, yeah, which is which I which I consider bread, right? Used to be bologna. Used to be feed a kid bologna. Oh, you could, and my daughter's never yeah. even had bologna. We sing the bologna song, but she's never had it. 
O-S-C-A-R, Ben Lowe? Yeah, yeah. She knows the song by heart because we sing oh. it, but she's never, she doesn't know what baloney is. So, Prosetta. So, so I lean over the table. She and I are sitting across from each other, and I say, what about, what about, a, what about an egg? What about your sugar breakfast and you add an egg? Just yeah. to have a little protein, just to have a little something that makes it not just syrup on top of a cinnamon roll. And the server, the waitress standing there in her kind of harried, henpecked energy that she's <laughs> yes, says under her breath, she can get whatever she wants. Ooh. 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 And no one else at the table heard it. And I didn't, I, I couldn't believe it, but yeah. I, I didn't. Did she, I mean, she, the, the way, the way that she said it quietly like that, was it, was it sort of, does it qualify as sort of voce like under the breath or was yeah. it like just loud enough that somebody could hear it? No, it was, it was, it was under the breath, but it was, I believe coming from a place of, I don't know. But I think it was coming from a place of uh, the kind of ginned up, like, she was aware of eating disorders. She was aware of, I mean, it, 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 it treads a little bit into, frankly, into Bean Dad territory, where somebody on the outside <clears throat> yeah. looks at some <sighs> right. evidence and says, my father used to tell me that I couldn't eat. Right. Uh, a sugar breakfast and now look at me, you know, I'm in the hospital. And I, I, I used, I used to encounter this. I mean, and this, this issue in particular, but I, I feel like it's part of this larger pattern when your kid is small, which is, and I hate this. I don't want to sound like a, an asshole about this, but like, Hey, 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 don't talk to her. Talk to me. Yeah. You know, because well, like there's all kinds of ways where that's, that starts out seeming really good hearted, but like, no, the general pattern here is, the, like there's a certain entire like set of questions and queries and let's be honest special offers that need to be tendered to me like don't ask the kid if they want a piece of candy ask me if it's okay to offer a piece of candy just because like <clears throat> and that that is about as weird as I get about this stuff but I am a little weird about it like and that's awfully familiar for you to be addressing my kid directly about something that I might have a strong opinion about. But what that, she sorry, meant, that our family has a strong opinion about. What she meant it as was as, as a rebuke to me. Of course. Um, and I'm very okay. Because you're, you're now you're being bean dad. Right. I'm very okay with adults talking to my kid and saying like, hey, what do you know? And, and my daughter and I have a great relationship where somebody says, would you like a piece of candy? And she looks at me and goes, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And I go, sounds good. Or... I, she looks at me and I go, it's, it's an hour it's, before it's dinner. It's not even that it's about candy per se, but it's just more about like, you know, show some respect for like somebody else's deal. But if no, there, I, I take your if, point. If I want the deal. kid to learn how to engage with adults for sure. Yeah, if there's a deal, right? I mean, there's most of the time there's not a deal. But in no this, in no this instance, you know, I was saying, what about an egg? And the woman was trying to explain to me at the in this busy restaurant <laughs> that... Um, I think she's trying to explain to me that she had a problem with the way that her father managed her meals, mm -hmm. which has absolutely less than nothing to do so with maybe me or he my was, daughter. He was that he was that generation's her generation's equivalent of a gravy cop. Who knows? 
Who knows? I don't know. And you know what? I don't care. And I didn't care, care then. Mm -hmm. okay. But what happened was when we left the restaurant, I did the <clears throat> I did the thing where I was like, I'm never going in there again. Mm -hmm. And and my family was like, why? And I explained what happened. <laughs> and my mom got really like mad. At you? And, no. And turned around oh. and went back in. <gasps> no shit. Had and she not heard it the first time? No, no, nobody heard it because the woman was just saying it to me. I was like, holy shit, John, you must have so, got so gaslighty. Well, so, I mean, this, this has only happened a few times in my life. One time I was, I was, um, I was chaperoning my daughter's preschool to the Ballard Locks. And the Ballard Locks, you know, are this big, crazy scene. I've taken you there. You take, yeah, I was going to say, you took uh, Madden me there. Yeah, but the it's, whole, it's amazing. Yeah, the whole school is there. It's a bunch of three-and-a-half-year-olds. <laughs> and we've got, we've got 20 three-and-a-half-year-olds, and we're trying to navigate them through this very tight space where you can fall into the water on either side. Mm -hmm. It's not designed for – it's an industrial area. It's not designed for three-and-a-half-year-olds. There are boats coming. There are guys from the Corps of Engineers. There are, you know, they're – uh, it's probably uh, all, almost the equivalent of a hard hat area. It's a it's a crazy zone, right? But it's also yeah, yeah. a wonderful place, and the kids are really. It's like something so out of like a Richard Scary book. It's really fun. It's super fun, and my daughter, even then, e exhibiting her like e e irascible nature. Although there are four parents and two teachers, and we're trying to get the kids through this very confined space that is an industrial area and there are other people and and doors are opening, you know, locks are opening. She is in the middle of the space in her three and a half year old voice trying to direct the action. <laughs> no, you go over here. No, you belong here. No, you stand here. No. You know, she's she is she, trying to... She's assertive, as we say now. She's trying to run the show. <laughs> And as right. you say, she's she's assertive as we say now. Yes, and so <laughs> pound sign girl assertive. <laughs> and I have her. I, I believe me, I had read all the, the books and articles and all the opinion papers about how uh, we, you know, knock down assertive women and 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 elevate assertive men. But this is a this is a uh, this is a real situation. It's a situation in the moment where the what what. The last thing that needs to happen is that this three-and-a-half-year-old direct the event. And I have no fear that she's going to not grow up to be an assertive woman. Um, that would be, you know, if I could give her a pill, that would take 10% yeah. of it away. You know, yeah, I would. Take about 10% off that. <laughs> but, yes. uh, but I say to her, darling, you know, this is not the time to boss this event. And you use the word boss. Oh, boy. Because yep, yep, yep. kids, you're supposed know, to tell her to lean in. I think. Yeah, kids know yeah. what the word boss means, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's one of the first words they know. Who's the boss? What is the mm -hmm. boss? You know, she's the sheriff. She, yeah, she knows mm -hmm. who the boss is, and she, and I'm saying, sweetie, the boss right now is not you. <laughs> and standing over to the right here is a guy in a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers uniform. <clears throat> so he works at the lock, and he's. I'm probably 43 at this point, and he's probably 37, and he's tall, and he's very handsome, and he's got tattoos, lots of tattoos, and a beard, 
And he, in general, looks like the kind of person, if you were going on, if you were a, a woman in her middle age and on Tinder and thinking like, you know what? I'm tired of dating software engineers. I'm tired oh, of like, sure. living in this dumb indie rock world. Some Tom Hardy looking guy yeah. with light brown shoes. That's exactly right. He's t He looks yeah. like Tom Hardy. And it's like, you know what? I'd like a guy uh -huh. that works for a living. I'd like a guy that's got a little bit of... Like a tasteful you know? neck tattoo just popping yeah, out. A thank you. little exactly bit above the, the collar. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly the guy. But he's got... He's not afraid to go downtown. But he's in a uniform too. So he's got yes. rank... And he's kind of he's he's not running the lock, you know. The guy that's running the lock is sixty five years old, but he's in there. He's moving stuff around, and he says in this environment out loud, "We don't use the word boss to young women like that anymore." Holy wow! Okay, as though he at the lock had read a book that I hadn't, you know. As though yeah, he had, yeah. as though he had he. He was hip to magazine articles, and I was some guy from Spokane that not only didn't know, but also was going to have was going to be affected by his, you know, like his intervention. Right? I was gonna I was gonna stop and go, huh? What? He was gonna say he was gonna explain it to me, and then I well, thank you, Seaman. You're giving me and, much to think about. And then one day, uh, my daughter was gonna be president because he had stopped <clears throat> me before I before I choked off her her nature. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything to him either. I was just like, aha, uh -huh, okay, you know, we got to get these children through this you're situation. Working. Without, you're you're without, working, and you got a lot to keep an eye on at this point. You don't have time for an entanglement. I just don't want my daughter to, or I don't want a, a kid to die on my watch and have it be my daughter's responsibility because then it falls to me. Because so like, then you're having a, you, then, now you're having a conversation with, uh, God forbid, the, the, the parent of a dead child saying, well, I didn't want to tell the kid not to be a boss. Yeah, four kids went into the water. I was that. admonished not to do that. Only two came back out, but mm -hmm. I, you know, but my daughter was being assertive. So my mom goes back into Shelley's, and she says, "I'd like to speak to the manager." Mm -hmm. Oh boy! And the woman was at Susan, the Susan wrote, there. Was Susan, Susan there? was there, but Susan was Susan was taking a she she took a pass. Mm -hmm. And she just the, said, "Just said, mom, you got this." Well, no, nobody yeah. said anything. Mom was just like, da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. I'd like to speak to the manager. Mm -hmm. And the woman go, you know, the the uh, the girl at the cash register disappears and comes back, and it's the woman. Okay, it's the manager, and she goes, "Can I help you?" Again, in a kind of henpecked and furrowed brow. And my mom, confronted by this, this turn, this turn of events, did the like. Uh, and just turned around and walked out. She didn't. Oh wow! She was not prepared. You know, my sister would have gone at her. He, I mean, that your sister would have. You could. I could see. I could see Susan. Well, given like the remember your description of the person who wouldn't wear a mask in line at the one place. You know, uh -huh. and Susan like you know, frog marched the guy out of the place. Do you remember that? Yeah. You told yeah. that story. I mean, in, in that instance, I could see Susan going like smacking her hands together and going, "Oh, perfect! Yeah, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is also the manager. This gives this is an, a unique opportunity for me to land this." But your mom w w didn't want to do it. The thing is, Susan would have ended up best friends with her somehow. They would have exchanged phone numbers at the end. Susan would be working at Shelley's now. Well, the waiter, waitress, waitron, waitron slash manager would have said, "Thank, thank you, Ms. Roderick." Yeah, but my it, mom it won't, it won't is happen non, again. No excuse, ma'am. My mom has has uh, as as we have explored many times on this program. My mom knows how the world should run, and she has 
She has rules upon rules, but she's not confrontational in the sense of like she's going to go toe to toe with somebody in the lobby of a restaurant. You know, she she wanted to lodge a complaint. She wanted somebody to come out from the back and go, can I help you? And she would say, yes, this, you know, this waitress made what I consider to be an inappropriate remark while we were being served and inappropriate in a kind of at, at a next level way. Like, don't tell your clients how to feed their children type of thing. Yeah. And it was not that. It was this woman. And that would have necessitated yeah. that they... But, but also, but like it's a, you can't say this without sounding like the sort of person who says things like this all the time. But sometimes, you know, there's been times when I've called a restaurant where, you know, it's a restaurant we've been loving for years, we get delivery from for years. And there have been times... Like, you know, where I feel like something has really, I need to rise to this occasion and say, hey, look, really, really cool restaurant. I got this dish from you that I've gotten a ton of times, and it was definitely off, as in, like, I took a bite of this and was like, I'm going to go to an emergency room if I keep eating this. Something is, you know, sometimes you have a bite of food and you go, oh, no, 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 this is not right. I'm not even talking about, like, oh, this... Well, like the sort of like, you know, there's a sort of like, hmm, that's weird. This crab leg smells like ammonia, which I know is is an indication it's probably like a little bit not right. And you do that out of saying like, hey, look, I love coming here and I'm not asking for anything free. I'm not trying to be an emotional bully. I'm just trying to give you a heads up. And that instance, it's a restaurant y'all like. It's the only place that has the right breakfast, John. And you you go in there and you want to say like, you know, hey, look, I like coming to this place. But that was really, that was fucked up. The thing is, we don't go to Shelley's. Okay. Shelley's, we drive by Shelley's and, and we don't see it. Now, you know why you don't go. Hmm. Hmm. We don't go. There are other, plenty of other rec- uh, breakfast places in Burien. Okay. And we just, we, because this happened very early when we arrived here in, in the South End, it wasn't a thing where we had established a great relationship with this restaurant. Sure. And then had to have it rested away. It wasn't a situation where I was like, I don't like that place. And everybody else said, well, it's a great restaurant, so we're going to go anyway. It was just a thing where we went in, we, okay. we tried it out, and we realized, oh, I guess, apparently, the culture of this place is the assistant manager is – maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe she was ha- Maybe she was triggered. But it was a thing where I don't uh, – we don't go there. And it's a it's a tricky thing in this modern age because we're used to replying to things online that it, that aren't our business. Right. Right? Like it's the very definition of Twitter is none of yes. this is your business. Anytime anybody posts anything on there, you think it's your business and it isn't. We were, we were never supposed too. to. We were never supposed to know this many things about this many other people. Let alone have an opinion, a strong opinion about it. Let alone feel the perhaps obligation sure. to dive in on it. it well, that, that you're is psycho- It's completely psychotic. You're rewarded for how yes. uh, for how pungent your opinion about somebody else's shit is. Yeah, I dumped on you, like five strangers today. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. If you have something really inappropriately shitty and not your business to say about somebody <laughs> else's problem, you're given stars by uh-huh. other people, right? <laughs> and, like, good job. Mm-hmm. And now so, do Jared Kushner. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if this woman is on Facebook the rest of the day and she's used to commenting on other people's vaccine status or whatever, or she's used to like, she's, she has 
become that person or whether she's just always been somebody that is in other people's business and now the world is – I mean she's definitely not living in a vacuum. She's definitely – she said that to me out of a sense of performative, righteous – advocacy or you know something right like one thing we know is that she did not really care about my daughter or did not really think that anything she said was going to make a profound difference in the way my daughter was being raised or or our family dynamic she was it was basically a drive-by she's just there and she thinks that her opinion matters and she wanted to perform her her righteous indignation and i guess with the idea that it was going to shame me into something. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I don't encounter that a lot because I'm not I- increasingly, I'm not, I don't go to real world places where that's the temperature in the room. Cool. Right, I right, try right. to stay away from places now where somebody is going to lecture me or think, think that it's appropriate to make a comment on you know, not even my daughter, but just comment on my clothes or something that they that they indicate something that that needs a comment. You know, like, and I don't. I'm, no, I, I agree with you. I and I I'm sometimes feel like I'm really back on my heels when I find myself in a situation like that because I just I've been thinking a lot about trauma lately and what what it means in our lives, and I can really feel that cold feeling of, oh, shit, I'm 13 and I'm about to be bullied. Mm. I can feel, you know, and I, I, whatever. I wasn't, like, terribly bullied, but we were, we've were we all been pushed around by other shitty kids. And yeah. there's that feeling you get of, like, oh, God, here this comes. I don't I don't like, if there's p- places where there's going to be situations, it's one thing for, like, a, like a, somebody driving by to be an asshole and flip you off and drive fast behind you. Like, you can't avoid that in America, but like, I, I don't like being in potentially hostile situations. I have nothing to gain from it. I don't want to fight with people. I, you know what I mean? In any way, there's nothing to be gained by arguing with somebody in a target parking lot. Mm -mm. Oh, so that's so it's like, see, you get the feeling that there's some people where like, that's their whole fucking deal. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't either. People people don't like confrontation. I don't think but I, I Seems do. Like they didn't used to as much. I feel like everyone now feels like they're a knight, a knight errant. Absolutely, they're picking, right? they're picking up their lance, putting yeah. down their visor, and dun da da. They're like and marching they're de- once, once more. You know, Harry the Fifth once, once again into the breach. They're de- they're defending the they're they're on a crusade, and they are they're they're tilting their fucking yeah. lance at Jerusalem or whatever. But they don't know. But they're 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 um, they're they're Ronin, right? They don't they're not they serve no master, right? Right. Uh, or not, they don't not like a legit samurai. They don't know who their master is anymore. Yeah. So they're so each one is their own, but they but but they have that crusader uh, feeling, right? They're not right. they're not trying to. And it's accrue, certainly not peculiar to any one quote unquote side. No, they're not trying to accrue wealth yeah. and power to themselves. They're trying to defeat injustice. There's cosplay Knights Templar everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, totally. And and so I feel a little bit like um, I feel like someone in Time Bandits, who <laughs> you know, like I feel like one of the one of the little people in Time Bandits. I get transported somewhere. 
and I'm just trying to, I've got the map and I'm just trying to get through this, you know, this situation. And it turns out, Oh hell, there's like a, there's the Knights of knee are here and also the devil. And also <laughs> it turns out where's, where's my shrubbery. Also Julius Caesar is here uh-huh. for some reason. Uh-huh. And you know, it's <laughs> yeah. a little bit bill and Ted too. I'm just flying through the universe in a phone booth, just trying to get the, <laughs> the, the, the stuff together for my presentation. So I don't have to go to military school. Yes. Um, I used to think, so I, I, I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but you know, there's a, there's a phrase I think is really interesting. Uh, ceiling and floor, high ceiling, low ceiling, high floor, low floor. Have we talked about that before? Go on. Okay. Just real quick. So like, you know, I, I think when you're thinking about like how good or bad something can be, for example, uh, before I get specific, let me just say this. So ceiling is like as good as something can be. So a high ceiling thing has the capability or the potential, like say, for example, you talk about something like, okay, meatballs, pizza, gravy, like can mm, this be meatballs. extremely good? Well, here's, yes, this can be extremely good. So like a high ceiling item to me, I take that in, I think about this a lot with different sorts of food, not particular this pizza at this place, but in general, like if you're blindly ordering something in like you're in like a new location and you don't know which is the good pizza place and blah, blah, you don't want to look at Yelp. High ceiling is like, wow, this is capable of really, really good. Um, can pizza be good? Yes. It can be. San Francisco has not quite picked that up yet, but then you got floor and floor is where it gets interesting because to me, like, um, like high floor means even almost every version of this will be okay. You know, low floor means boy, the bad can be really bad. So when I go to places, I know this is probably anathema to your approach to dining, but like, I tend to think if I don't know what's going on, like I would say, for example, chicken cordon bleu is a fairly low ceiling food. Mm -hmm. Like the best cordon bleu you've ever had in your life is fine. But it also can be a very low floor food. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I've had some really, like, you know, having worked in restaurants, I know the kind of stuff to tend to avoid. Sure. Like, if the bad place chicken, has the, bad ham, bad sauce. Bad, bad sauce. And it's been in that, you know, tray yeah. for who knows how long with saran wrap on it, maybe in a five gallon fucking bucket. But, but like, for example, if the place has steak in the name, you should probably order steak. If the place has seafood in the description or has an anchor, or, or, you know, or, or a lobster on it, you probably want to get seafood. That don't but make sense. I want to hear what you think is a high floor food. Like, meatballs. what is a food? Meatballs. meatballs. I have not had that many incredibly bad meatballs in my life. I have not had that many incredibly bad gravies in my life. You know what I'm saying? That's to me, the high floor food is interesting and it differs, you know, person to person. But like, I've had some pizzas that I really super didn't like and I thought was very expensive. It is not a high floor food. Some, I mean, there are people who are like, oh, it's like, it's like the new bacon where people are like, oh, pizza, there's no bad pizza. And it's like, yeah, there's plenty of bad pizza. There's plenty of really, you're basically just eating. If you're like me and you tend to prefer not to have a lot of wheat and maybe you have one slice of, okay, I know this is weird and maybe a little disordered content warning, mm-hmm. but like okay. sometimes after my first piece of slice of pizza, I will then just grab a handful of the toppings off two other pieces and I might eat just the toppings. I'm here to tell you, buddy. Wait a minute. I, what? Yeah. So what? now I got I got two two wet two pieces of wet bread, and I look what? at it and I go, I can't believe I was about to eat that much wet bread. 
I mean, it's you're entitled to do what you want. I'm not going to manage you. your food right now, Marlon, and create season, a food and right. eating disorder in you. Yeah, but that is. When I was on Atkins, that's a very antisocial thing to do unless you are the only owner of that pizza. Okay, we're watching Edgar Wright movie at home, and I think that's fine. Now, for example, like a lot of what when I'm going through an Atkins ish thing, I'm trying to focus on eating less. You know, all things being equal, I'm trying to avoid bread. Also, bread does not always agree with my tummy. And I'm here to tell you, bud, if I have like a couple burgers that I get or order or make, and I take off all the bun except for a little bit, and I look at that fucking pile of bread that I've taken off. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, everybody's got that kind of thing. I go, ooh, that's crazy. Why would I eat that much bread? If I'm going to put... It's like the the great Dan Benjamin says, hey, if I'm going to have a cheat day, my cheat food is not going to be corn. And I was like, that's actually a really good point. (laughs) It's probably one of the smartest things Dan ever said, but I was like, I totally get that. If you're on one of his bizarre cult fad diet things that he thinks is, is normal <laughs> and you're going to have a day where you go oh let's be bad let's go out you know you, maybe you get garlic fries because garlic fries you know mm-hmm. pretty yeah. high floor but anyway or you're at the ball game right you follow what i'm saying and so yeah. like when i sit there and look at this giant pile of bread and i think oh that's pizza pizza is like a ton of wet bread with shit on it if and- i go to a place and, and they don't have a double burger mm-hmm. i get two burgers ratio then, it's the ratio take- john then I take two buns and I throw them away, and then I have yes. a double burger. Well, think about a Big Mac. Big Mac's got three pieces of bread on it for yeah. two tenths. Wait, ten one? Yeah, two tenths. But pre-cooking, two tenths, one fifth of a pound of beef with three pieces of bread. Is yeah, that what we're enough. doing here? So I agree. I had just never applied the this. There's too much bun. Yeah. To pizza before. Well, okay, that might, that might be an extreme example, but I'm not sure where I'm going with this. But it's I have to bold. say the gravy. I consider, because I am so how I am about gravy, I'm practically a lifestyle graviest, and I, I think that's a fairly high... Now, you tell me... Are I've there... stood in line behind you at a gravy bar. I know. Oh, shit, dog. You know, the, know. the day, the day that, I, that I hit my number. Like, if Logan Roy handed me a piece of paper and said, do you want $2 billion? You know the first thing I'm buying. First thing yeah. I'm buying is, not, it's not even going to be a great, it's not even going to be like a Coke machine. I great want effect. an in-house, what I want mm. is an in-house, inbuilt sauce deployment system. I want it to be somewhere between a soda gun and a car wash. It's I like want to be able, and my wife would love for this. gravy. It's chili. Chili is a kind of gravy in some ways, but but I want to be able to pull down a nozzle and just deploy uh, juice, oh. white sausage gravy. Not a problem. So Holy shit, dog! How would that change everything for you? If you could just have a juice. If you could have or some other ones. Oh, like a mushroom gravy, like you get like at a, at a steakhouse, like a like a York steakhouse. Oh. So I've I've thought about this for many years. I've always wanted to open a restaurant where it was like the old school. Do you remember it back in the 80s, right? That that style of restaurant where it was in an, in, an industrial space, a reclaimed industrial space. San Francisco is full of these and it had picnic tables in it mm-hmm. and it was kind of a you know, it was an echoey room. It was before there were laptops and Behind the counter, you could get like a... People just living, John. No, not a cell phone in sight. No, you could get sandwiches and you could get soups and you could get... It wasn't fancy. I love places like that. College towns have those. College towans have them, right? Yes, I want it. And I've always wanted to go back and open one of those and, and it had chili, it had 
clam chowder. It had chicken yeah. noodle soup. Like JJ Soupington's. Yeah, exactly. And it just, you know, the menu was like, it was like that restaurant, uh, Balliot's in my mom's hometown where you, where my mom and I went back to visit it in the eighties and they had a ham, like a full ham, a full turkey and like a full roast beef on, on the counter oh. under those, uh, those like serving. Yeah. Heat um, lamps. Heat lamps. He, yeah. yeah. And you could just like, if you ordered a ham sandwich, they would go over and slice the ham off of the freaking ham. Oh and God. I was like, what, how far back in time did we go, mom? Are we in the middle ages? And she was like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? This is what restaurants used to be. I think this is why a lot of men join fraternal organizations because you mm. get to go to a dinner like that. And a man, let's be honest, usually a black man in a, in a white uh, chef's toque, like cuts you up the beef that you want and, th- and, and never this- says you took too much. That's right. In a situation like that, if I say, uh, you know, like, uh, how about two more? Yeah, how about He's a just, whole bunch of rare? I always think like Dan Aykroyd in the Blues Brothers when he holds up his glass and kind of yeah. shakes it at Pee Wee Herman. Like, more, yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Or Dan Aykroyd also in... <laughs> In the Blues Brothers, when he did, you just say Dan Aykroyd in the Blues Brothers when they go out to try and get yeah. the Major D, the yeah, the uh, yeah, the yeah. horn guy to, to yeah. be back in the van. You yeah. know how much yeah. for the little girl? He throws the shrimp. <laughs> That's I'm, a funny movie. <laughs> I'm I'm also thinking of uh, David Cross. Keep him coming, Gleep Clop. I still oh, say absolutely. that for, forty yes. times a week. Keep him coming, Gleep Clop. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yes. And, uh, but, I mean, so think gravy. About, think yeah. about the restaurant. Think about if you designed a restaurant and you called it sauce or saucier. Yes. And the whole restaurant was a just sauce designed, themed restaurant, just designed around the fact that you had every sauce. Could, could you, so, could you check your text for something that I just sent you? Yeah. you so I continue, but please, please. I just, I want to make sure people don't think I, I I'm making this up because of what you just said. Uh, Merlin sent me a link to a, a page on fives. It's from five 2006. Ide- five ideas I've had for family themed restaurants. Uh, BF Skinner's original stuffers. <laughs> Poultry skin of your choosing stuffed with a la carte selections. That's very nice. From Bobby, the Fixins bar. Yeah. From the the Fixins bar. Bobby B. Butterworth's old fashioned dairy pun shack. Fun shack. Oh, it's a fun shack. I'm sorry. My glasses are bad. It's a fun shack. A frozen quarter pound stick of salted creamery butter, hand battered, flash fried, served with your fun dippin' sauce. Uh-huh. Long John Silver's Dripper Hut, offshoot of the fast food seafood franchise, offers mini buckets of their leftover fried shortening flex, <gasps> also with dipping sauce. They all come with dipping sauce. Uh, mouth, mouth meat melts. Mouth meat melts. 450-degree yeah. pizza. It immediately scalds the roof of your mouth, served with dipping sauce. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, you can... Uh, Oh, you get a colorful, colorful ribbon if the if the uh, roof of your mouth. I really imprinted on Farrell's, John. If I'm being honest. And then dipping, dipping, dipping. The dipping sauce of your choice is served with your choice of fun dipping sauce. I want a sauce based mm-hmm. franchise. 
But you don't want to just eat sauce. sauce. No, no, I was doing that for fun. You know, on the internet, we used to have a lot of fun. We used but, to be but, fun but, but honestly, what if we start, what if we reverse engineer this, as, as uh, John Zaragoza says, what if we back solve from sauce, title? What if we start with, hey, what sauce are you into? Excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. What sauces? You don't get just a two scoops. Uh. You pick all the fucking sauces you want. You get a flight of sauces. And then we bring stuff for you to dip in the fucking sauce. So yesterday, I you know I have a I have a whole set of uh, not Tupperware. They're glass. They're glass sealed mm. top um, yeah. You know, yeah. freezer containers. Yeah, I've been living in this house now for a long time. I had not yet done a cooking day like I did yesterday, where I I've you know because every time I go to the grocery store, I buy a uh, I buy a pound of hamburger. And then I get home and I realize, oh, I already had a pound of hamburger, but I bought another one. You can never have too many. Uh-uh. And then I go to the grocery store. A little while later, I get a pound of hamburger, and then I get home and I put it in the freezer. I'm like, I have two pounds of hamburger in the freezer already, but now I have three. And then there's a cooking day where you're like, I got to deal with all this. Like all these frozen pounds of hamburger aren't helping anybody. And so I have a day where I put on my little apron. And I <laughs> cook the cook, and I cook all the hamburger. Always and then cook all the hamburger. all the hamburger, and then yeah. I portion it out into what seemed to be somewhere between the yeah. bird-like three-ounce portion that you should eat, and the fifteen ounces of beef that I would eat. Mm-hmm. I put somewhere in the middle there, and I so put you brown it and then freeze it. Brown it and freeze it. So smart. But then while I'm doing that, I also have all of the mushrooms and all of the stuff. Oh, and so we should I be make, roommates, John. I make different sauces while I'm at it. So oh, I put fuck, I put yes. two pounds of ground beef over here, just ground beef, because I'm gonna use it in something. And then I make a spaghetti sauce and I cut it into three different portions and I put those in the freezer. And then here's the big one. I get the biggest pot I have, the giantest pot, fill it all the way with water, and I put as much spaghetti in it as I can get in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes four boxes of spaghetti. You, you make four dry pounds of spaghetti. That's a big pot. Four, it's a huge pot. Four things of spaghetti. The whole, it's just sitting on the, the and I'm, you know, you got to stir it with a wooden spoon because mm-hmm. you, you're not a monster. No, no. And then you take the spaghetti, you liberally butter and salt it, put some pepper mm. on it, mm-hmm. and then you put it into these freezer containers in individual <gasps> portions. Wow. And what you have is buttered spaghetti. Re- ready, ready to go. Grab and go. You, you, Grab you, and go biscotti. You can put, and, the, and this is something that, you, that maybe is counterintuitive, but cooked spaghetti microwaves very well. Interesting. I so you try do, that. You just put it in the microwave, and then you heat it, and then wouldn't you, Merlin, if someone mm-hmm. said, hey, would you like a five-minute buttered spaghetti to put as a side or yeah, under some It's like sauce? you invented a, a bespoke high-end Stouffer's dinner, basically. It's it, it's what you get in any spaghetti restaurant. They didn't they didn't boil that for you. No, it's that's from sitting, a month ago. Month no, ago. it's sitting in a big pot somewhere, mm-hmm. and now you've done it for yourself. So if I make... I would, part- and just to be clear, I just to answer your question here yeah. exactly and in a larger way, yes. How I always want... I always want a savory treat. I never yes. don't want a savory treat. You want a slice of cake? No. Do you have any brisket? 
<laughs> do you have, do you have but, any mushroom sauce? Can I have some no. mushroom sauce and literally anything else? If someone gives you a chicken cordon bleu, yeah. if you if someone if there's some leftovers from a restaurant, sticks you with a fucking cordon bleu, right? Or or yeah. think about the times when you leave a restaurant and and you say I'll I'll have the rest of this to go. Yeah. And what you get is a thing and an, and a lot of sauce. You have a lot of sauce mm-hmm. because the re- and now you've got. A big thing. You, you, the, there's not very much meat, but you have a lot of stuff. Yeah. What do you need? You need some buttered spaghetti under that, and then all. Whoa, of whoa, sudden, whoa! You're, you're telling me you you ba- boop boop boop. You back into this, and you say, "What? Well, let me start with this leftover sauce. On on what can I deploy this?" And the answer is, but but butter salty frozen spaghetti. Yes, you're minutes away from a second and arguably better meal. So so I did this. I did this just. Good Yesterday, for you. Yes. I had some stew mm. where the meat had, as people were serving their themselves stew out of this crock pot where I made the stew, and it was a big, chunky stew, they had, as people do, taken on the lion's share of the chunks mm-hmm. because they have a ladle and they're, and they're dishing up stew for themselves and they're, they're ladling out the chunks. And so... <laughs> At the at the bottom, right? They've ladled out the chunks, and so yes. you've got stew, but mm-hmm. there's just a few. You know, there, there's meat in it. You've got some detritus, or yeah. as you say, detritus, but mainly you got stew sauce. You got stew sauce plus you've Shit. got some stuff. So I put it over the top of some buttered spaghetti. Mm. Now the the there are a couple of vegetables in a stew that you don't want on spaghetti, right? You don't. Spaghetti no and carrot. cooked no carrots no, don't no, really no, work. No, no, no. And spaghetti and little teeny onions. Mm. So, uh, but it's very easy to just eat those right off the top. It's just like I like Brussels. Uh, I like alfalfa sprouts and I like roast beef sandwiches, but I don't want sprouts on a sandwich. Sure. Yeah. So, what do you do? You mm. get a sandwich in a hippie restaurant. You take those sprouts off and you just eat them. It's like a. It's like a amuse bouche. Oh, to, to, to not deconstruct it is too strong of a word, but like, yeah, I like this thing, but like, I wouldn't want it on popcorn. No, I, exactly. Right. I like pickles. I don't want pickles on hamburgers, so I take yeah, the pickles sure. off. I eat Do them. Do pickles on a chicken sandwich? Do you like on a chicken sandwich? I don't want pickles okay. on a sandwich. It's the same okay. same reason I don't want capers in my uh, in my beef tartare. Hmm. Because you got capers hmm. in anything, it tastes like capers. Why would you mm. order? Why would you even eat a beef tartare? It's like getting a bowl of, are, bowl of oregano. Yeah. Yeah. What, if you want, if you want olive tapenade, lick it off your hand. Don't mm, put it on okay. the freaking sandwich. <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. So, so, so you had a very good Sunday. <laughs> I did. So I'm sitting yeah. here right now, and I feel like a, I feel like a big fat hen sitting on a nest of eggs. Because I've feeling. got. I've got all this. It's not like I've got a larder full of big roasts. What I've got is a larder full of spaghetti underpinnings. I've got Ugh. a slayer. It's like a frozen toolbox of food. That's right. That's Ugh. right. I did the the the, 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 the added characteristic of the of the salty buttery spaghetti is what, if I can say, if you'll allow it, that's what takes this to the next level. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, you know, I got a pork chop in here that'll take me, you know, half a day to thaw. But what you're saying here is, like, y- you've got the ingredients 
for, and I hate to come, keep coming back to Stouffer's, but that was the very high end when I was a kid. I thought we mm-hmm. talked about their French bread pizza. Yeah. That was just such a treat. I mean, it I had still, caraway seeds. I still seeds. believe that their lasagna, a Stouffer's, Stouffer's lasagna is, you have to have a pretty good homemade lasagna. Oh, yes. To warrant the seven hours it takes to make a lasagna. That's a very high floor lasagna. Whereas, whereas a Stouffer's lasagna? Yep, 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 yep. What are you going to have today, John? Do you know? Are you going to give yourself a treat? Well, so I have a doctor's appointment right after we're done. And the doctor said, I wasn't even allowed to put cream in my coffee this morning. So the last time I had a cup of coffee with no cream in it was a long time ago. Probably like a Bush administration. Yeah, I put a little cream in my coffee. It's just how I have it. And if I don't, and there are and if I'm in a truck stop and they don't have cream, I just leave. I don't. Oh, my my lady's like that. I mean, like I, I, my problem right now, just to get back to where we started, is this: we were driving home from our very nice Thanksgiving visit, and uh, you know, we went to get a coffee, and I needed to urinate, and uh, I, I grabbed one of those Starbucks brand cold brew unsweet it's like a little hand grenade of coffee oh yeah i've seen those and it goes down way too easy john but it's, it's really you know like good ice ice coffee you i personally don't think they need sh- for me don't need sugar and half and half my daughter likes half and half in it because you know she's still forming her habit but uh i'll, I'll the problem is john that goes way too fast that goes down way too fast i want to do this now john i want to have basically uh lego brand blocks for food, I would like to start. I would like to start strategic. Start a strategic reserve of things, and then things to put on the things. You, you've really inspired me here. And then, so, but you had no coffee. You're going to the doctor. You'll probably be admonished for something. And something. then, do, are you allowed to eat after that, or does he have a thought? Well, I think I'm going to be allowed to eat after that. But the real, you know, once again, having buried the lead, mm-hmm. I two days ago went and spent an hour and a half in a facility in a bunker down in Kent, Washington. Mm -hmm. And I left there with my new CPAP machine. Shut your fucking mouth. And I brought John Roderick, did you buy the black black market machine? No, I ended up going, (gasps) well, that's why it's been, it's been (gasps) two months. Oh, you, you finally, after two years, you're finally going to get some relief. So I got an email from a listener. Oh my God. Who said, listen, I'm a sleep doctor. I'm in Alabama or whatever, but I, mm-hmm. I will prescribe you a CPAP machine so you don't have to go onto the oh, black market like a monster. Oh my God, John. And I didn't reply to him because- This has all point, been worth it. This has all was, been worth it. I was deep in the system. I was deep in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wall. I'm going to, I'm going to methodically go through. I'm going to do what they say. I'm going to drive out to Issaquah three different times. I'm going to stick this thing in my ear and this other thing in my other ear. <laughs> the other one goes I'm in gonna, your butt. <laughs> I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit on hold on a phone tree for 45 minutes, five to, different to, to find times. out you're on the wrong, you're on the wrong phone to tree. Find, to find out the, that I, that I pushed three instead of four. I'm going to do all of it. I'm going to be, this is just like how I got in that relationship with millennium girlfriend. I was like, okay, everybody says there's a way to do things. I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow through. I'm going to do it. She tells me I'm her boyfriend. I'm her boyfriend. These people tell me I got to sit on a phone tree. I'm going to sit on a phone tree. And I had this doctor that was, that, that emailed me, uh, from, and the problem, the problem was that initially he tweeted at me. And of course I'm not on Twitter. 
So it was. It oh, took a while right. to get. T- t- but t- anyway, t- I feel yeah. like I, I feel like there's a listener. At least one of our listeners is a sleep doctor that's contacted me. We probably have multiple sleep doctor that's listeners. So cool. Probably five of them are like, I'm not gonna. I'm not. Do, gonna do you literally get like a prescription like you would for penicillin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and, just they just write they scribble their name incomprehensibly and just say CPAP for John. So I went to this. I went to this bunker, and a woman sat across the table from me and explained to you explained how to use this machine okay. that literally has one button, and also yeah. an instruction manual that explains how to use it. And also, you couldn't. It's basically you couldn't screw it up how to use it. But but that's we, good. You don't want the you want to you want to suffocate. Much yeah. less, you really don't want to suffocate, John. That's your, kind of one of your things. It is, and it, this is the this is how the medical profession works. So everybody's getting paid. I'm sure everybody's getting oh, eighty thousand sure. dollars a year oh, to yeah. to tell me how a pencil works or whatever. Ugh. But so I come home. I've got it here in a little bag. Oh my god! And honestly, Merlin, for the last three days, I walk past and I look at. I'm looking at it right now, and I haven't opened it. Because I'm terrified of You're it. You're afraid there's a diploma in it. Well, because she put she put it on me in the office, and she was and mm. she turned it on. That's hot. And yeah, and I was like, I feel like I'm going to die. And she was uh, like, Well, maybe we need a different style of mask. And she put a different style of mask on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I feel like I'm drowning. What are you doing to me? And then she and then she got a third mask, which basically looks like. Because there's all these masks that look like something. Makes you look like an elephant. Yeah. Well, the, or the original, the original Dune, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. some little thing that goes in your nose. Yeah, where well, it looks like, or like uh, ba- Battlefield Earth. You get like that snot yeah, dripper kind exactly. of look. Exactly. Something yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, is this, is this supposed to be doing something to my mustache? What is this thing? Right. And so she gave me a thing that looks like the, the oxygen mask for a, for a B 52 pilot. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, okay. With a flight nothing, helmet? Like one of those yeah, cool, like, no, that would be an awesome look. Nothing <laughs> that looks like it's in my nose. I just want like mm-hmm. a gap. I want to look like I'm hey, don't in be cl- Don't velvet. be clever and cute about this. I'm going no. to bed. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm Dennis Hopper now. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and it, and it, it still made me feel like I was about to die, but I was, but I could manage it. And so I'm sitting here. Maybe it is this life-saving technology. It's right over there. Maybe t- I, when I finally put it on, Merlin, I'm going to have. I'm going to dream of angels. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like my. Di- it's absolutely like my diploma. If I open yeah. it, if I yeah. don't open it, then it's it's Schrodinger's CPAP. You don't machine. know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, this show's so fun to do. <laughs> <laughs>